I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome to today's mini episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. And I'm Chris Susie. And again, we have Eni with us. Yes, you can't get enough of her, I know. Um, so Eni, for those of uh, them who have not listened... Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Enika Edenfield, or Eni. I moved to Savannah in 2010 from the Florida Panhandle. I worked in news for a really long time, left there in 2020, started sharing ghost stories on TikTok. That blew up. And once things opened up, people started asking for in-person tours. So I started my own ghost and history tour company, Enika Edenfield Tours. There you go. Um, So... Last time we had Amy here, we had discussed in our para-junkie exclusive, I believe is where this came up, but uh, Amy and I obviously are both from Florida, so we were like, Florida's really haunted. Let's talk about Florida ghosts, uh, because I feel like we tend to stick in Georgia up into like Appalachia area, even trickling into, uh, you know, the... Uh, northeast sort of region and things like that but we never really dive into florida so here we are with a mini episode on florida ghosts um florida is a genuinely haunted place in pretty much every area it's a massive landscape but it's built on top of a thick layer of limestone which is really good for um paranormal activity It's also home to one of the most spiritual communities in um, the entire United States. They literally claim themselves as that, what's it called? Like Casadega. Yeah, Casadega. Yeah. Yeah. And so really interesting small town. I have not been there yet. I would love to go there one day. I went there last year. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. So how was it? Like. It was, it was really nice. Like it's, it's one of those places where. You can feel the energy in the air. And I think it also kind of depends on what kind of energy you put out is what kind of energy you're going to get. Uh, because some people go there and describe it feeling very heavy and feel like, you know, they're being watched and everything. But a lot of other people are like, no, this just this feels very tranquil. Honestly, I could have stayed there. It was very, very peaceful to me. Uh, but my friend Jazzy and I went there. We just were like, hey, let's do a little weekend trip. It's only about four hours away. So we went down there, went to all the shops. I got a palm reading. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And we stayed in the old hotel there on the property. And this hotel was built, I believe, in the 1930s. And they have gone in and added some things. Old Old hotels did not have bathrooms inside every single room. Uh, They had a sink, but if you needed to use the toilet or use or take a shower, there would be a bathroom at the end of the hallway usually. Mm -hmm. And they've gone back and they've added bathrooms. So every room has a sink in the room. And then where there used to be a closet, they have 
shoved a toilet and a tiny little shower in there. So both of us walk in and we're like, how? How? Like you have to kind of step right. over the toilet to get into the shower. It was very small. <laughs> uh, but it's still a gorgeous old hotel. And we had a great night. It was a full moon. We went out for a little walk. And at the end of the night, we went to bed. Well, I, I have short hair. And my friend also has short hair. And we were sharing the bed that night. And in the middle of the night, my friend said that she felt a brush across her cheek as if somebody's hair was flowing across her cheek. And it couldn't have been either of us. And so the next morning we woke up and I felt amazingly rested. I slept like a rock that night. And my friend was like, yeah, I feel rested too. Somebody definitely messed with me in the middle of the night though. And we had actually spoken to a ghost the night before. Not that we actually picked up on him, but uh, there's a man who allegedly haunts that hotel. And before we went to bed, both of us were like, hey, dude, if you're in our room, please leave us alone. <laughs> like, right. we don't need to deal with that tonight. So uh, both of us were guessing here. We don't know for sure. Uh, we think that it definitely wasn't him. We think that it was a feminine, a female ghost who came in to just kind of check on us that night. That's crazy. That's so sweet. I love things like that, though, because it's like you can tell that the ghost is genuinely like curious about people like, oh, hello. Like, how are you? You hear that a lot in hotels, especially. Um, Did the place have like any kind of like history of being a hospital at some point? No, it was built specifically to be a hotel. And Cali Vegas is such a small community that it's just been continuously a hotel. Did catch on fire, I think, once, mm. but what hotel hasn't? Right, <laughs> it's very true. People I mean, are reckless in hotels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they just let loose. But um, yeah, you hear it a lot, especially with hotels that have been hospitals pr- uh, previously, like the Marshall House specifically. Sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have experienced that, where they just like feel like a, a nice caress over their cheek or something, you know, or they feel like somebody's checking in on them because it's you, it, a lot of times it's a nurse spirit or, you know, somebody who has a more nurturing um, kind of energy to them. But honestly, with Casadega, I wouldn't be surprised that there's a bunch of spirits that are just attracted to the area. Mm-hmm just because of how much energy all the people that live there put out because it's got the most psychics uh, in a small town, right? I think it's the most psychics per capita right. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. And so when you've got that in general, because psychics in general are kind of like a beacon of light to spirits. So, of course, like, I'm sure there's plenty of ghosts that aren't necessarily associated with the town and they just kind of trickle on over because they're like I want to be there like that's nice you know I want to be with these people who like me and like are accepting so I would love to go there sometime and maybe we'll do it as like a uh, para junkie exclusive or something that would be really cool to go down there I mean we are well within driving distance for a lot of nice uh, all throughout the panhandle and and Florida we could get there absolutely with a a road trip (laughs) right so any you said that you have a lot of ghost stories from the panhandle yes. of Florida. Do you have one in particular that you want to talk about? Uh, well, I got a few. But <laughs> yeah. uh, since we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, uh, I'll tell you all about my experience at the Coombs House Inn in Apalachicola, Florida. Ooh. 
So uh, last year in August, no, sorry, two years ago uh, in August, I decided that I was going to treat my mom to a stay in Apalachicola. We're going to have a nice little relaxing weekend and see the sights. Apalachicola is a very small uh, fishing community, essentially, in the Florida panhandle. It's part of the Forgotten Coast. Mm -hmm. And... It, at one point in time, was a port city, similar to Savannah. But what kept Savannah thriving after the Civil War was the fact that we had a railroad. So after the Civil War, we had a railroad so that goods could get to and from the city a lot faster. Apalachicola did not have a railroad after the Civil War, so their port city just kind of fizzled, and it really became just a fishing community. Uh, but the Coombs House Inn started off as a private residence. It was a couple of other things. Uh, also caught on fire at some point when it was a private residence. Um, but there are all these stories about it being haunted. And I actually used to work at a magazine in Port St. Joe, Florida, ages ago. And that place really intrigued me, and I had always wanted to stay there. So now I've got this opportunity, and... We decided to go stay there. Now, it is still kind of set up like it was when it was a home, um, but, like, the dining room's been turned into a bedroom, and, you know. Uh, so there are bedrooms throughout the building, but there are also external porches that you either have an additional door that opens out onto it or that is your main entrance into it. And a lot of these bedrooms can share these porches. So we check into our room. It's cute. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse my loud thuds. Uh, it was a quaint little room. I did get scared when I turned on the water to take a shower that night because I turned on the water and it came out red uh, for a second. And I thought, oh, my God, there's blood. <laughs> and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm done. We're just going to go stay at the day's end down the street. But then I realized it was just old pipes. So, uh, But we went to bed and I woke up hearing a little boy's voice asking for candy. And As like one I, does. Yeah. And like I said, all these rooms share porches on the first and second floor. And so I thought there was a family staying in another room. They're sitting out on the porch enjoying the nice night, and one of the kids is asking for candy. Didn't think anything about it. Went back to sleep. I wake up a little while later, and there's a little boy standing right next to me. Oof. And from the waist up completely solid from the waist down, transparent. And he's asking for candy. And I do not like to be woken up. <laughs> so I looked at him and went, no, and just <laughs> rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> the next morning I woke up and I realized, oh, oh, that he was talking to me. So my mom had actually brought some M&Ms. So I put some M&Ms out on the bedside table for him. And I was like, hey, kid, if you're still around, this is for you. And I did not touch it the rest of the time that we were there. Uh, the second night that we were there, he did not wake me up. He was like, thank you for my M&Ms. I don't need to disturb you anymore. Right. right. So a constant lesson uh, with ghosts, addressing them, giving them, you know, some kind of uh, acknowledgement at all, oftentimes will minimize their pushiness. Right. I just love the reaction of no, no, <laughs> no, go away. <laughs> We've talked about it before, too, that. Uh, oftentimes when looking at something and questioning whether or not it's a, an apparition or not, if you just look down, 
oftentimes apparitions do not fully form. They do not go all the way to the floor. Um, and some people believe it's because, you know, the seat of the soul, the mind, or the heart is emanating its projection. And it doesn't want to waste energy <laughs> on the whole thing. Why do right. you need the whole thing? Mm-hmm. You see my head, you know I'm here. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. one of those things. If, if you see something and you're questioning it, look at its feet. You know, take a little time to look at his feet. That's so funny. I just, I just hear the or see the comments in my head of being like, if that happened to me, I would be freaking out. I'd be leaving. And I'm like, <laughs> this is what I mean when I say like, sometimes you see ghosts and you're just kind of like, nah, like, yeah, whatever, you know. Not me. I would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> Chris represents the the scaredy cats of yes, the of indeed. the group. Absolutely. So. But um, it's true. Not every ghost is like this horrifying experience. You know, sometimes it truly is just that simple interaction of, no, go away. Like, it's the middle of the night. You don't need candy. <laughs> go away. But, you know, especially kid ghosts, they can be so persistent. We, we've talked about that until we're blue in the face. But, you know, it's... um. We always talk about how kid ghosts can just be so rambunctious and irritating at times because they, they have no... Just like kids. Right. <laughs> they, they have no concept of boundaries. No. So they're just like, I want candy. As right. it, I want candy. It's like... Uh, uh. I mean, just imagine a kid coming up to you and just randomly saying that. You, you, it sounds about right. You'd be like, I don't have candy. Where are your parents? Right. <laughs> Where are your feet? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs feet in the afterlife? That's I mean, right. seriously. As long as you got some M&Ms, you're good. Yeah. 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 See, Tampa doesn't really have like kid ghost stories like that. I don't know why. But um, yeah, it's just a bunch of buccaneers everywhere. Uh, That's, gotta love a good pirate ghost. Yeah, you know, swashbuckling men ghosts. That's or what, some mobsters. Mobsters too, yeah. Mobsters. Yep. Yeah. We, Which is just the the progression of pirate. Yep. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, Tampa in general, like, you know, it's kind of the ghostiness days and kind of the uh, downtown Tampa region. Because Tampa's huge. Like, it is a very large town. So, you know, when I'm talking about Tampa's ghosts in general, yes, there are ghosts in the surrounding area of downtown, like where I lived. I lived over on the west end of Tampa. We had ghosts that were dating back to when the Native Americans were on that land. They are still there. We just built on top of them. So that was why we had that particular type of haunting. But the ones that get the most, like, you know, notoriety, I should say, stick in that downtown region and especially Ebor, you know, because Tampa was a big port as well. Um, also we have had lots of different crime come into the city. It's still kind of like that in a way, you know, being no. a, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we won't get into that, but yeah. So I feel like that's why the, you know, that was mostly why we have those ghosts and things like that. We had a haunted theater which oh, was pretty cool. Every theater's haunted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. Um, and, but Tampa doesn't really claim their ghosts. Right. Right. Right, like, absolutely. You know, there's like a book on Tampa's ghosts that one person wrote. Probably um, not a Tampa local. No, no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Somebody in middle Florida was like, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear and this? And that's the thing about a lot of uh, Florida ghost books. You can find ghost books that are just about 
Savannah, but when it comes to Florida, they don't have ones that are just about Miami or right. just about Tampa. The ghosts of Florida. Right. It's yes. the ghosts of Florida, or they might concentrate on an area like the Panhandle or Central Florida or South Florida. Right. You know, it, and I think that's just the culture of this, the state in general. They're just kind of like, eh, ghosts, no. We had... Um, you know, like, they're like, we have all this other fun history. Look at St. Augustine, Gosh. you know. They're like, the Spaniards coming in and uh, conquistadors. That's what they like to talk about. They love the Buccaneers, though. Like, right. pirate history, yeah. pirate they're, history. that's their jam. But they're like, don't talk about the ghosts, though. <laughs> People weren't, you know, executed or murdered right in public squares here. Right. That's, that's not going to give you a ghost, no. Right. In, in terrible ways, too. The, the, the kinds of, of, of executions that they came up with in that 1600s you know, period is like, uh, what if we put a bar behind somebody's head and we just like put a rope around their neck and just slowly tightened until their neck snapped? I'm like, that, why? Right. <laughs> Who was sitting there going, hey, I got a good idea. I know how to kill a person. It's like, that is A, a lot of engineering. Somebody put a lot of thought into that one. And B, Right. Is hanging not enough? Did, 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 we, no. did we run out of, of, of rope? I- and if you didn't know, Chris helped create the Medieval Torture Museum. Yes, in St. Augustine. In St. Augustine. Um, so that's why he knows a lot about these things. <laughs> uh, but if you're ever finding yourself in St. Augustine, obviously it's a very haunted town in general. But um, the, the museum is really interesting because it's true. There were so many ways to torture people, and a lot of them were done in Florida, but it's like medieval torture from around the world, and some of them are still being used today, which, yeah, yeah which is fun, Wee. you know. So maybe that's why we're a little bit haunted too. Now, Annie, do you have any more panhandle stories you would like to tell? Yes. So this one, fair warning, is going to get a little dark. Okay. Ooh. Um. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If the idea of child abuse is not your game, uh, feel free to skip over the story. Right. Um, This is about the Dozier Boys School in Mariana. Um, It was at one point in time called uh, Hell's 14 Anchors. It was established in 1900, did not close until 2011. After it had been open for only, I think, two or three years, stories of abuse started coming out after only two or three years and it continued that way up until it closed and people along the way would be like hey this is bad um maybe stop doing this and there would be like some rudimentary measures to try and curtail some of this uh but then it would get you know repealed it was it was bad like it would get bad and then would get okay again and then would get really bad again. And I will not go into detail about some of the things that happened here because it reads like a demon's resume. It was awful. Uh, but there's one building on this property 
called the White House. And if you Google the White House boys, you can read your news articles about that because some of the survivors of this place are still alive. Um, And the things that they went through, I was reading through it last night and I'm just sitting in my bed sobbing because it was awful. And the White House is still on the property. They sealed it and they use it as a memorial. It is sealed up. You cannot go into it. And by Florida law, it cannot be demolished. Now, the school itself is closed. The um, sheriff's office owns the property now. And their office is on the property. The fences that were around it have been taken down. And so you can drive onto the property. I do not recommend trying to go into any of the buildings, though, because a Category 5 hurricane came through a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And these are not structurally sound buildings. They look super creepy. Do not go into them. Uh, but I decided on a trip home that I was going to stop by there and pay my respects. And you drive onto this property and everything is spread out and you can't, there's no directions like White House this way. Uh, So I'm just driving in circles and it is broad daylight. I see like some maintenance people out. So I didn't feel like I was alone or anything. And I circle around this old building and before I see it, I get this pit in my stomach and I look up and there it is. And it is a small building. I can send you the picture of it so that your viewers can see it. Um, And I was like, oh, man, that's it. Because I used to work in broadcast in Florida, especially when a lot of these stories were coming out, because uh, survivors were coming forward and saying, hey, there are more children who died on this property than you think died on this property. And there is a burial ground there with about 31 crosses on it but the survivors were saying there are more there are more kids buried on this property and since then uh when all this stuff started coming out they've gone through and done ground penetrating radar and they found i think between i think they've identified between 55 and 70 graves on the property now um but i get on my car to walk up i took a picture of it And as I'm standing there in front of this building, I feel this wave of fear come over me. And I felt very anxious, and I start looking around, and suddenly I'm afraid that someone's going to come up to me. Uh, And I'm thinking, this is is weird because there's no reason for me to be afraid. And then I realized it wasn't me. It was some of the spirits of the boys there who were warning me away because in their head, they're still – replaying all of that uh so they didn't want me there and I left and I cried for 45 minutes afterwards I'm driving back to Savannah just sobbing uh because you can still feel them there absolutely uh, yeah I mean that's just such a sad case scenario for those kids you know because it's even worse that there's times where you're like I really wish that there weren't ghosts there. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, it it's almost worse that they're stuck there in a way. And now that's not to say that spirits, from what we can tell, you know, it's some spirits choose to stay places, even if it was like a really horrible situation for them, they choose to stay there almost as like guardians of a sort. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but 
you know, it's not always because I, I know people will be like, oh, well, why don't we try to like help them cross over? There's a multitude of reasons why spirits stay. So you, you really can't assist in that way um, a lot and of even times. just the emotional output can be, you're sensing an emotion, like the, the entire location becomes the emotion. You know, um, and that is, and I don't know that we've, we've talked about it, but that is a type of supernatural uh, haunting where you're not dealing with intelligence, kind of like a residual, but it's even more about how, how a place can resonate mm -hmm. with the focal energy of so many people. It's not, it's not the residual of, an, uh, of, a, of a person or an event. It is an overwhelming sensation. Um, I, we talked about this off camera or, you know, not in the podcast, um, going to like a concentration camp. I went to Dachau when I was young and the sensation of just knowing the weight, like the air changes, you know, the mm -hmm. sensation changes, uh, birds aren't singing. You know, you, you have this notion that you're standing in a place that has become hallowed by an emotional output. And it's not necessarily one spirit or a group of spirits. Um, not to say that they're not there. It's just that sensation, that you know, wave of emotion that comes over you is oftentimes so much ingrained in every bit of you know sand and and wood and and everything of a location. So yeah, it's 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 difficult when you find a place of of immense suffering to and to I, withstand it. I had a friend who worked there very briefly. Uh, would have been around two thousand one, I think. And he, I don't remember what his well, job. Oh, it was an operation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, was, it was still a juvenile detention facility. And he was patrolling some buildings at night. I don't remember what his actual job was. But he walked into this building that he knew no one was supposed to be in. And he heard a little boy asking for water. And the little boy was behind a locked door. And he knew no one was supposed to be in there. He tried the door. It was locked. Um... So he goes back to find a coworker saying, hey, there's, there's this kid stuck in a room in this building. And so the guy came back with them. They unlocked the door, and there was no one in there. Mm. And it was one of those rooms that does not lock from the inside. It locks from the exterior. Mm. So there's no way that a kid could have, like, snuck out of a dorm and tried to prank somebody. Uh, and he said that was, that was a really unsettling moment for him. Absolutely. Oof, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, that, that whole situation is just so unfortunate and you can only imagine how traumatic of a place that could have been to grow up and how much energy was output just from the people who, or like the children who lived there, you know, right. kids yeah. as young as five oh. were sent there. Lord. It's just horrendous. It really is. Um, on a different uh side of the coin though like with uh, you know places that put out a lot of uh energetic kind of um emotions and things like that uh florida is also home to where they have executed a lot of serial killers mm -hmm. um it's including true. ted bundy uh it that would happen in uh, Stark, Florida, and they still that's still where they do all the executions for the state of Florida. Um, in Stark in general, when you drive through that town, uh, it's kind of one of those towns that they only have, like, you know, 
a couple stoplights, but they have a million police officers that are waiting to pull you over for going even one over the speed limit, that type of town. But there's always this darkness to Stark in a way. And I think it's because they bring so many evil people. Um, You know, because like, think about it. Ted Bundy was there, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of all the other people who were executed, but like things like that already, you know, just having a facility like that, that harbors a lot of people who have just really dark energy to them in general. I think it's affected the town, but even like events, like when they executed Ted Bundy, so many people came to that execution. And I feel like there's still kind of an impression of it. Sure. in the town um because especially uh since he uh killed some girls he sexually assaulted and killed some girls over at florida state mm-hmm. and a lot of florida state men came to ted bundy's execution and they threw like they, it was like a a rampage of just like people who were really excited for this man um to be executed and that's a lot (laughs) to put on a place it's going to change a place truly um so and i feel like that's why you know people don't like driving through stark and a lot of people don't live in stark you know even the name stark right Right. this is a stark place they built a bypass so you don't have to go through stark anymore (laughs) like i'm not kidding you don't want to be there it's just and i'm sorry if any of you are from stark but you know it's, it's just true um you know, it's a place that people don't really talk about, like, the vibe of it. I don't know of any, I haven't spent much time there. I've driven through it 10,000 times, but, you know, it's a place that they don't really talk about any ghosts that come from it. But I'm like, there have to be. Oh, sure. When you have that type of prison. But, you know, the idea of avoiding ghost stories in a place like that is probably, right. you know, a part of a mechanism of coping. Yep. The, the darkness of the, yeah. uh, you know, don't entertain them. Don't get to, don't feed the ghosts. Exactly. So Florida's got a dark history that it just doesn't talk about. And, and so we should probably, you know, uh, uh, switch gears and say that uh, Disney World true is right it's there and, and, and is haunted. And what's interesting about Disney World's hauntings is um, people have ritualized going to Disney World right. in their lives. You know, uh, there are people who go every season, who, who go, you know, once a year, whose family fondest memories are happening there. So Disney World is a lightning rod for good feelings of, of you know, of childhood, of, of, of the good times, you know. And so it's interesting to think that you could possibly have a place, you know, uh, in opposition to Stark, <laughs> where yes. so many good memories are forging a, uh, a sanctuary for spirits. Because, uh, you know, in, in the case of Disney World, you might get a lot of ghosts that are not, you know, um, you know they didn't die on mm-hmm, property. Mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, uh, have some, some tragedy happen to them. Um, I know that I've heard countless stories of people trying to sneak ashes. Yep. They and, have a special and, code at Disney mm-hmm. World right. uh, for when employees spot somebody dumping ashes. Right. And, yep. and so there have to be a few successful dumpings that had happened in, there, in the past. There are, actually. Um, the, one, the most famous one is uh, Haunted Mansion, which is my favorite ride at Disney. I was a Disney kid. I'm an, I am also a Disney adult. So, uh, you know, uh, basically, the Haunted Mansion, it was like this child's like favorite ride in all the world. So his mom did that she snuck his ashes dumped it on the ride because they said that she couldn't do it because she asked but they said no so she was like i'm gonna do it anyways and so there have been photos 
captured a little boy sitting in the the uh, doom buggies. <laughs> and, classic ghost, uh, yes, like a hitchhiker. I love that. Yeah, and so he's sitting in the doom buggies, and like they've there's you can look it up. There's plenty of photos of him, but um, I've seen the boy myself because, like I said, I grew up going to Disney, living in Tampa. It's an easy you can go for the day and then drive home that night. So. Um, I, I've seen the kid on the side. Um, I saw him in, there's a portion of the ride where you go through the cemetery Mm. and he was just standing in the cemetery and I was like, wow, that's, you know, ironic, but (laughs) it's, I think, uh, if you really wanted to, you could probably commission an urn to be made like the decorations right? and just like bring it on and just drop it off and walk away. (laughs) Right. You know, write a funny little caption on it. Absolutely. (laughs) And so, um, yeah. Disney is very haunted in that way, though. But, yes, the Haunted Mansion one, I can confirm he is real. He is there. And a lot of employees have also confirmed that he is real. So we'll leave you with that happy thought of the Haunted (laughs) Mansion and um, the the little boy ghost. Uh, But, Annie, thank you so much for joining us for all these episodes and things like that. You'll be back. Yes. Yeah, you'll be getting lots of Annie content um, for a little bit. So uh, uh, this has been great, though. And if you guys have any other states that you want us to talk about or research or things like that, or if you live in, like, a place that we're not familiar with their ghost stories, like Montana or something, you know. Send them in. Send them in. Tell us why your state's haunted. Ghost mail. Yes. Send it to uh, ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Even if it's not like a state-related sort of ghost story, if you have a ghost story, please send it over to us because we do a segment called Ghost Mail, and we will read it, and we will react to it. So uh, with that, definitely follow Eni on social media under Salt Waves, Spanish Moss, and um, also make sure to follow us at Haunted City Podcast on all the social media platforms. But with that... My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.